towards the far post. Riston, Anton. Barisha, Diamante. Durante with a free header. And the honour of Western United's first A-League goal goes to a familiar face. Bessart, Barisha. Connor Payne on the left. Alessandro Diamante, the ball on a string. And oh, Diamante! Welcome back to All Out West. You're joined for part two of our season review. The electric boogaloo version, if you will. This week you were joined by Scott. Leb, Jay, Kelsey, and we're all in quarantine. Because why? Because COVID, that's why. I'm your host, Wallace. What's up? Quarantine. Wallace, you should get a QR code at your place so we can do this thing in public again. Oh, shit, yeah. (laughs) We can all go to the pub and do this. We just can't do it at one another's house. That's a lapel, Mike's. We can do this. Let's go sit around a bunch of strangers. (laughs) I thought we just do this at Cavalier. Cavalier, support local business. Because yeah. no, we had too many beers, we'd start interviewing randoms that would have no idea about the club. And we've already done that. Have you not heard like our fourth episode, the Western Service Crew first meetup? That is horrible. That was, I oh, that, was a sh- that was the first one we were on and Ricky was on it that day. He was. It was honestly that. very similar vibes to, um, what's his name from Carlton? Pressure Point, Steven Seagal. Favola, yeah. Yes, Favola, yeah. That was fair loose. We ever make an OnlyFans. That will be the behind the paywall. 100%. Or Patreon, whatever, whatever's happening nowadays, you know what I mean? Before we get into it, today's podcast is brought to you by Sportsmates A-League Live app, which we use to follow the game with live scores, in-depth stats, and news on everything A-League and FFA Cup related. Check out the links in the, for Android and Apple in the podcast description. It's really good because you can actually compare teams. Like, we use this a lot last season in our, like, in the lead-up to games and, our, like, game reviews and shit. I've, I'm a big fan. It's the best app for the A-League the EPL, the AFL, the NRL, Sportsmate do a brilliant job of all of it. I do use them all, actually. Yeah, yeah. I don't even use the official AFL app for scores. The Sportsmate app's better. I don't even basketball. Yeah, yeah, they do it for everything. They're you know, I use it for everything as well. But the thing is, it's for fans by fans. That They are fans of sports. They they put effort into it. It's really good. The statistics are second to none. Do you have and a stat proving that the statistics are second to none? Um, like everything uh, Murdoch Press has ever done, it's an opinion piece by me. <laughs> no, so let's move on. So first off, we're going to announce the Young Player of the Year Award. This came to light midway through the season during an episode between me and Kelsey. So this person got the most votes. Um, it goes to a player under the age of 23. And the winner for the inaugural All Out West Young Player of the Year Award is... Bum, bum, bum. Do you guys know who it is? It's the guy who won me 140 bucks in game one of the Olympics, Lockie Wales. No, that's that's right. Lockie Wales came through, just knocked out DP. So great work. Can't wait to see what he does this season. Been really good uh, in game one of the Olympics. The Oli Roos, big fan. Yeah, he's yeah. my number one player at the moment. I don't think anyone's going to top that. Top that at the moment. Uh, Scott, does that mean like is he your new player? Where you just like, hey guys, he's just amazing. Like, you bounce around player to player. Oh. Uh, I might go to Lens of Halls next. Remember when you love Voitza? Like, you're like, who oh, Voitza is my man? How do I say it? Where, where am I? Yeah, like, but Alpha Wales. Such a fun club. So many good I love players. The team. Start, are you guys ready for the second part of the reviews, the continuation of this series? Now, first cap off the rank is speak of Scott's former favorite person, Ivan Voitza. Caleb, you're covering this person. We gave him an overall grade of a C. What would you like to say about Voitza? I think there are a couple of slip-ups um, by him throughout the season, which probably got a couple of people on his back and thought that he wasn't quality enough. But he's still a young player. He's had a big – he's had lots of injury issues. Um, he did pop up and score a goal for us in that City game with a nice header, which I didn't think he could do, which um, 
got him a little bit of praise from the fans as well. But yeah, dropped off a little bit towards the end of the season again. But I think he's someone that we should hold on to. He's got a lot of potential. He's still young, overcoming injury issues. And if we can get him fit and yeah, game match ready, I think he could become a crucial player for us because he's someone who can play um, on the left of a back four, the left of a back five. He can play in the central defence as well. Um, he's he's pretty versatile. So I think he's someone we want to hold on to, even though he didn't have the greatest season last season. But I'm excited to see how far he can go. I, I think he played a lot of out of position last season as well. Like he wasn't really put where he belongs. He played as... He played in a back three at one stage and, you know, it's just not the right spot for him. No, and he's primarily a left back. So you'd probably, go back to a back four, you'd probably see him fighting with uh, Ben Garuccio for that spot. But um, he's... He could have been used better. He, he would be a good player for a faster-paced attack team. Which we're hoping to be this season. So I'm excited to see him in the future and I hope he has a bit of a better season than last season. Not saying that he had a bad one. But, um, yeah, I'm hoping for more from him still. Yeah, and I think he can improve. I, I think he's got the room within him to go to another level. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. I can't wait to see what he does. And the best part is we saw him from Newcastle and they're still upset about it. Shout out Crossbar Capers. Come at us. Love you guys. Yeah, big fan of Crossbar Capers. Check them out. They interviewed uh, Stephen Lesticker last week, so make sure you check that out. I probably could have mentioned that at a better time, but I didn't. Now, moving on to a bit of a someone who didn't get a lot of game time this season, Jerry Skatardis. Now, Jay, you're going to be giving us a little blurb on him, but we gave him an overall grade of D+. What do you think, big fella? Oh, gee whiz. A lot like Ivan. Never really got that much game time. Probably got even less than Ivan. Um. Played, featured a lot in our youth team uh, as one of the more mature players there, I suppose. Um, so you've got to give him that. He's helping out the young boys. Captain as well, I think. Yep, that's what the yeah, C in my captain. hands. This isn't a gang sign. This is the C for captain. <laughs> it, yeah. doesn't say, it doesn't say Charlie Conway. Too it bad it's backwards for us Yeah, we've, with the camera. We've Wallace. stuffed it up. It's, yeah. But yeah, um, like I said, well, yeah, captain in the, in the youth squad. Um, Travelled a lot as a as one of those sort of depth players as well. So uh, someone you can sort of rely on to uh, fill any injury, late replacement injuries. Uh, I honestly think he's, yeah, a lot like Vuka. I don't really think he'll ever feature prominently, super prominently for us, unless he has a stellar season. It's got to be something really special for him in the twos. Uh, T plus is, I think, a good good rating for him in the, uh, in the A's. I'd probably give him like maybe a B or something. For our under twenty three squad, uh, yeah, not a hard worker, nothing like spectacular. A hard working player, uh, solid I, enough. Yeah, solid enough. Solid enough. I, I hope we do see good things from him, but uh, honestly, wouldn't hold my breath for it. Uh, I'd like as yeah, as much as we all would like to see him really take off. It, it, I don't see it happening this season, at the very least. Yeah, I agree. I think he was a bit of Rudan's boy a little bit because he was a bit of a – he liked shithousery. So I, I'm not sure if he'll get a real go this season, being honest, on Aloisi. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm not envisioning it either. No. Uh, any final comments on Skatardis? Yeah, I love the guy, but I don't know if he'll ever make the top level. But if he's um, giving to the 23s and performing like he is there <laughs> and getting his experience, because even though he's still young, he's – 
got experience. Mm. Um, he's a good player to have around the club. He's a likable person and, yeah, he can do a job for us when we need him to. Exactly. Uh, hard press that D on your PlayStation controller, you know what I mean? Uh, now, moving on to a bit of a fan favourite, has a good theme song, Josh Risden. Now, Ryan, you're going to be covering him for us. We gave him an overall grade of C-. minus. What can I you say? Look, I can say it was hard to mark him this year. Like, off the pitch, he had a great season in terms of the fact that he and his partner um, welcomed their first child into the world. But on the pitch, he just had a horrible year. He was injured just prior to the start of it. By the time he managed to come back, he got injured three games in and basically couldn't really get going at all. Um, really, I think we're all just hoping he can get back to the level he was at during season one with a good off-season. I completely agree. Yeah, off the pitch, it was fantastic. Um, yeah, on the pitch, uh, yeah, we just didn't see enough of him, unfortunately, due to the injury and everything else that was happening. It'd be fantastic to get him back. He really provides a lot for the team. So, yeah. Yeah, honestly, on his day, he's one of our best, if not, well, you know, I wouldn't say he's our best, but definitely oh, off the pitch on his day. One of our most solid. Like, I remember when yeah. we went up to that Adelaide game, I think he got a hat-trick of assists, mm. just Absolutely burns it up when he can, when he needs to. Um, great great bloke off the um, off the pitch as well. Uh, yeah, I'd really hope we do see more from him this season, yeah, we, uh, and we, he, we will because if he's if as long as he's fine on the injury front, he's um, the first first name on the team sheet. Nah, he, he yeah yeah just unlucky the poor bugger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love and, the bloke, but. Yeah, He's a hypothetical, guys. Do you think we would have performed so poorly to the back half of the season if he was fit? No. No, I think so, he would have really helped. Because that would have freed up Dylan Pariah to be a impact or play in a different position. It would have given us a lot of room to, to move there. But I digress. Let's move on to another player who actually had a lot of success leaving us, and that is the one, the only, the Australian Messi, Josh Cavallo. <laughs> Fan favourite. We miss him dearly. We gave him an overall C-plus for not playing a game for us, so you can tell we're pretty hot on him. Uh, Scott, what can you tell us about him? Well, uh, for Western United's side, I can't say much at all. But for Adelaide, he, he started almost most of their games and he's actually looked like fantastic. It still hurts me that he's left us due to not getting enough game time, really, which I reckon he would have made a fair bit of games this season if he did stay with it, but... Yeah, it is what it is. He, he suits Adelaide's system very well. Got a few men of the match performances, was one of their breakout players of the season, one of the A-League's breakout players of the season. I think I gave him out of 10, something like a 16. So I don't know how he got a C- minus because I gave him a pretty... Uh, I think pretty I gave happy. him a zero because he didn't play for us. Oh, that you, gave him a, you gave yeah. him what you tried to. I, made, I ran you up to a one because it was a dick move, Scott. You're just still <laughs> sad he, he left us. We're judging of West United performance. Yeah. He, he didn't well, play. You can judge him. Tell you what, judge him on this. Judge him on the fact that he had the respect to leave the club in a respectful way by doing the right thing and talking to the club about it, unlike somebody else. Max, we know you're listening. You've got a lot to learn from Joshy Cabs, like, mate. He's still waiting on his mum's couch. <laughs> you can tell the difference because there's some players we still speak so highly of, and then a couple of others that we don't as yeah. much. Look, Cav's going to return to us when he's about thirty years old. I can see it now. He's going to make a Mate, amazing comeback to play in the stadium. That is to be happening. honest, if he comes back to the team and needs a place to stay, I've got a spare bed, you know what I mean? Cav, you're welcome. Shout out to Cav for an amazing season with Adelaide. He did really well. It was really good to see. 
Uh, we're going to move on to Kane Shepard, who we gave an overall score, 8D. Kane Shepard was a surprise late addition to the squad, but I think he warranted this, I think warranted with the uphill battle for goals in the second part of the season. He managed seven appearances for a total of 43 minutes, typically in the end of games, which we already lost at that point and was, he was underutilized. Shout out to the KS Foundation, which uh, was he created for football experience for children with autism. I'm a big fan of this, and we've got a link in the description for this week. Big fan of what he's doing off the field. I really wish we could have seen more. Yeah, it deserves more points off the field for that. But it's always good to help out, you know, everyone. You know, obviously people with autism, children with autism have sensory issues, which can make going to a football game overwhelming. So, um, yeah, it's just good to see helping out, you know, Everyone who loves the game. Seems like a fantastic bloke, but, yeah, unfortunately he came in at a tough time for us and didn't really get yeah, that much game time and hopefully he'll go on and find another club and do well. He should have got a lot more game time in my view. I would have loved to see more of Shepard in that role if he was given more of a chance. You know, who, who knows what he could have done. He could have kicked quite a few few goals for us, but unfortunately he didn't get that job, so... Yeah, sorry, Scotty, but look, I think just the way that the team was spiralling, I don't think even he could have changed our fortunes, really. Someone like Joshy Risdom, where he could have shored us up at the back a bit more, yes, I agree on that, but with what we were producing up front, I don't think Shepard would have done much better than Bess or much better than Lockie, so... Yeah, it was a sign of the times. We weren't creating that many opportunities inside the box, you know. We'd get right up around the box and then sort of just fall flat. Hard to get in and really make a big difference when the team around you is not doing too well. Lockie Wales. Now, Leb, you're going to be carrying, uh, doing this one, but we gave an overall grade of A-. minus. Well, I think we just spoke about it before with him being the young player of the season and an A- minus reflects that. He, he came in from Melbourne City where he was a good player, but there was probably a lot more bigger stars around him and he didn't shine as much. And because it was a bit more raw, I think their fans looked down on him a bit more than those players that had probably a bit more experience, better touch, the Adrian Lunas, the Berengays, the McLarens. So he left them looking to become an integral part of the team. And at the start, he was on the fringes a little bit, maybe played every second game or came on as a sub, that sort of thing. But he solidified himself as one of our better players for the season towards the end. Even when we weren't doing that well, he was always pushing forward. If he came off the bench, there were games where we were losing, he'd come off the bench and score straight away. We'd still lose those games, but <laughs> but he 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 at least gave it his all. You saw how he performed with the Oli Ruse. He probably needs um, a bit. I think he's got a good first touch. I think it's his second touch that he actually lacks a little bit. And I think he's got a little a little way to go with that sort of thing and when he wants to take on players and um, maybe taking players on at the wrong time when he shouldn't and not taking players on when he should. But he's definitely got the skill. He's got the attitude to succeed. Lovely fella as well. He, he loves to have a good time, loves to have a chat. So um, great bloke in and outside the game and I'm really excited to hopefully keep him for seasons to come and see how he see how he develops with us. Yeah, yeah I'm excited to see how, how good he can get. Like I really think he has a high ceiling, and um, the other thing too, I think I really enjoyed was when he uh, celebrated scoring against Melbourne City. Mm. <laughs> Loved it. That was it'll my favourite. Really, it'll be really good to see what he's like with more of a structured team around him, like a, a more solid defence that's working up and about. Uh, you know, if he's running down the wing, he's got more of an attacker because Bruce was getting a bit. Getting a bit old, a bit slow towards the end. It'd be good to see Wales with someone in front. He might get a few more assists. 
it actually might help him grow as a player and take that next step, which he's not far away from it. Look, he's versatile as well, so he can play in many positions. So he can be the number nine or he can be the a false nine or a number 10 or he can play on either wing, really. So he's got, even if we do have other players that come in, because we are looking at bigger players, marquee signings, that sort of thing, he's a type of player where you can find a way to fit him in to the team regardless and he'll still put out a good performance. As long as you're not playing him at centre-back, I think he can do a good job for you. Yeah, I, I think he's gelling with uh, all the other players in our squad quite well. I remember... He gets along with them so super well yeah, as well. Yeah, I remember when we um, first, uh, at the start of last season, when we ended up making the banner with Risden and Scotty popped in, um, we're only supposed to have a couple of players like Rizzo and... It was Rizzo and Calves. And Calva. Uh, yeah. And Lockie Wales. Lockie Wales, Ryan Scott, Jerry Skatardis, they all came yeah. up. Even Philip Curdo was hanging around for a little but, bit. But like Wales came in, you know, we'd never met him before. We'd never seen him play, but he'd come up and just started having a chat with all of us. We pretty much yelled out, you know, oh, get over here, Lockie. And he came straight over and was very, very... Um, you know, just he seemed like he was genuinely happy to be there. He got rid of that shit haircut as well that he had from City. So that hey, was I always liked good. It. No, I wasn't a big fan. <laughs> um, also, I think the biggest thing that everyone's missed is his uh, how much gas he's got in the tank. He does sort of fade away uh, later on in the games. Perfect example was his that first game against uh, Argentina for the Oli Roos. Scored a goal, uh, was offside and hit the post. Um, so that wouldn't have counted, but also stuffed up his. Um, Chance to grab a proper second, even though he probably uh, who was Look, the passing the ball. Uh, it was Riley McGree. Uh, McGree should have yeah. probably had a shot himself, so he was sort of caught off. Tough there. position, but hopefully the time with the Oli Roos squad has kept his fitness at an elite level, uh, or at least improved on it. Uh, I would like to see him. Obviously, he's still a young boy. He's still got a lot of maturing to do. He's got to get bigger. He's going to get fitter, um, <coughs> and I think he will have. This season, he will have a lot more fuel in that tank and we will like get to see uh, greater periods of him playing well on the pitch rather than, you know, 15, 20-minute periods. I think we could see good halves and good full games out of him this season if he really keeps it up. His biggest achievement was winning my heart over, I think. <laughs> Another one of Scotty's sluts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking Scots people. Now, let's, like, um, Kels, you got anything to say about Wales? No, I think we've all covered it all. Wicked. Let's roll on to Luke Duzel and Jay. You'll be covering. We gave him an overall score of B, and I, I can tell you, I'm a big fan. Mm. I think we're all a very big fan. Yeah. Um, I think we were saying in one of their more recent podcasts that he's got a lot of. He plays a lot of diamante esque balls. No one we really see in our squad other than him will do it, which is a bit of a surprise because we do have talent that you think would be able to play. Uh, those sorts of balls out, but um, still a very young young bloke. Didn't have heaps of game time when he was on. He impressed. It's just probably didn't really get the chance uh, to come on that much. I think that's where the B comes from because the games he did play, he played well. But we really probably needed more from him than uh, than he gave us. Uh, ultimately, it was a bad season for us. So. I think a B is a very good score for him uh, in his first proper season with us. Um, very excited to see what he does next year, how he fits into our squad. I think game time is going to be limited for him still, so he's going to have to impress uh, when he does get the chance this year. Just on the Duzel front, he actually played, managed to get uh, eight starts and 13 plays, so he got a decent amount of game time. Just on that note, which is pretty good for... He's still a really, yeah, really young fella still, so yeah. that's... that's and, 
really good. He played 666 minutes. Fuck I you. I was going to – I, you I, you're stealing my data, son. <laughs> I must say with That's Giselle, why you shouldn't put it up on the screen. <laughs> there were a few moments with Giselle that he actually looked a lot Diamante-like. Like he was playing such a really good role and – I can see he's going to be a really talented player in the future and I can't wait to see more of him and I hope he does get more game time. Here's another one of Suddy's conspiracy theories. Duzel. What else starts with D? Devil. D-E-V-I-L. Five letters. Devil, five letters. It's the devil playing soccer for us, fellas. That's my conspiracy for the day. Oh, thanks, Jay. What impresses me most about Duzel is his um, willingness to learn and his actual... His mental capacity, his football IQ, the way he's developing it. He's definitely going to be one to watch next season. We'll move on to Manny Agwek. And now, Kelsey, you'll be sorting him out. We gave him an overall grade of D+. What can you tell us about him? I'll I'll sum it up real quick. We didn't really get a chance to see him or to see him shine. Um, He's only 19 years old and will hopefully get more chances in the future. Yeah, I'm really excited to see. He managed to to play 39 minutes for us. But at that same point, it was some of the most exciting football we got to see at the end of the season, hence why the low grade. It wasn't a lot of time, but it was very interesting. Uh, Scotty, any, anything to say? He, he actually did look, even though he, it was barely any time, the, the little time he did have, he took advantage of it, I thought. I thought there was – I didn't think there'd be much to show because he's a young player and he's new and all that, but he actually impressed me a lot just for the little times and a few, few of those little runs that he did. He's an MPL talent, so he's got a lot of a, a good background there. Yeah, hopefully he'll just get more of a chance so we can actually see what he can bring. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Leb, Jay, anything to say about old Manny Agwag? Uh, he's, he's mates with me cousin, and apparently he's a really nice fella and um, used to play football with him back in the day when they played juniors. Can't remember what age group. It would have been 14s, 15s, and always had promise back then, and he always had a lot of drive. So um, if he can... If he can continue having that promise and drive, I don't think he's going to really start much, won't tear it up this season, but if he can get a bit of game time off the bench and do really well in our under-23s, um, he could be an amazing player for us for the future. Definitely see him in that like uh, extended squad, so maybe not an in-and-out A-League player, but one of those players that's always there. This is going to be a highly contentious one, so let's try to keep it short, guys, because this is right. something we've spoken about many times this season. Now, this is someone who performed really well and we all had high hopes for coming from season one into season two, but due to contract negotiations that his management tried to push to get him to play locally in Sydney for a big contract, inherently ended to really screw a year of his, probably the best years of his playing career out. Mm-hmm. We're talking about, obviously, Max Burgess. We gave him an E-minus overall. Um, I hope he enjoyed the time on his mum's couch. Yeah. yeah, I think we should leave it there. Yeah, I'm not wasting my breath on him. Yeah, I think we should just cut him out of the out of the podcast like he cut us out of his lives. So let's move on to Nicholas Milanovic. Now I'm going to be holding uh, taking care of this one. We gave him an overall grade of C. Old Milo was a great academy player who's earned his ten appearances and for 113 minutes he played some great football. And I'm keen to see what he'll bring to the table next season and beyond. He's just a, a solid player. Again, can, he played well in our MPL side. I believe he scored there, but again, some of our best football came from our young players. What do you guys have to say, Kelsey? Yeah, no, look, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can bring. I, I, I think he could be a real decent player for us with development. I love Milo. I can't wait to see more of him. I, I rate him, and I reckon 
this year will be more of his year that he'll get more game time and he'll impress us more and more. One word answer, guys. Nicholas Milanovic. Say accurate. Quality. This is going to be a big talking point again. Now, Caleb, you have Ryan Scott. We gave him an A minus. That's a bit harsh, don't you think? Oh, it's you got to give him room to improve. It'd yeah. be mean if we. Oh, look, I will say he wasn't perfect. So an A minus probably is. I need him play every game. So an A minus probably is spot on. He um. Did stop a lot of shots. I think he had more. He faced more shots than most keepers did, and he only played he, like half a season. He was, if, I, if I'm correct, he was third most shots saved in the A League for the season out of any team, and he played significantly less games than the two keepers above him that saved the most, which I think were Jamie Young and who's can't that? remember the other one. Oh, uh, MacArthur, maybe Federici, maybe Federici, maybe Federici. Yeah. I can't remember, but um, but I know he's not important. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I know I know. if he played every game, he would have finished top of that. Scotty, what can we say about him? We've known him for a couple of years now in and outside of the game and fantastic bloke and he's really started to prove himself on the pitch as well. He got that lucky opportunity last year in Adelaide when Curdo got a concussion and then unfortunately for him, COVID happened. We had that big break and we start playing again and Curdo's restored to number one. And then a similar thing happens this year. Curdo, was it a concussion from yeah. – it was a concussion again this year um, and he gets his chance and because we continue playing, he held his own. He did fantastically um, and he kept his spot and thoroughly deserved it. Look, we've all spoken about Philip Curdo. We've all spoken about how much we loved him and appreciated how much he did to the club. But – how could you displace Ryan Scott after the performances that he put in once he came back in? So I feel I feel bad for Curdo, but I'm ecstatic for Scotty as well because we know how hard he's worked. We know where he's come from, his background, and the fact that he's starting to flourish in his career like he's always hoped is amazing. And look, I'm hoping I'm I'm either hoping one or two things. I'm hoping he does amazingly and sticks out his career with us, or I hope he does amazingly with us and secures an amazing move overseas because he deserves it. Yeah. I'm it's a it, it's one of those sort of rags to riches almost stories. You know, he was a bricky two years ago, three years ago. Two years, yeah. Playing for uh a very good MPL Bentley, yeah, he Bentley, won. A, he won a lot with Bentley, like, but he was a part-time player. So, yeah, well, I think when he was playing with Bentley, they were rated higher in the Australian rankings than the Mariners. So, there's always something they in were. that. Um, very, very impressive. Hopefully, we get to see him uh, in Liverpool colours one day. Allison's just signed a, a contract extension, but That's I all right. think we need it. We need a backup. We might be losing a couple of our backup keepers there. So, I think Scotty had fit in perfectly at the Reds. Yeah. Okay, guys, let's move it on. Enough, enough about the Reds. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, one shout out. I'll say, Scotty, hopefully you get to play for the Toon one day because I know you're a big Toon fan. So I'm not a big fan of him, but let's hope your dream comes true. I'm calling it now. Golden Glove winner this season. Next season coming. Yeah, I think so. It's hard to call well, because it's good. Oh, you know, oh. <laughs> you keep is only as good as you defend. Look, so I, th- I think he'll... Uh, getting back to the stats before and the most saves, I think he'll finish top if he plays every game this season of most saves. But Golden Glove, not 100% sure. We'll have to wait to see who else we sign and how our team sets up and starts playing. It's happening. Oh, I'm, I yeah, hope so. I hope so. 
Now, but hope moving saves isn't necessarily a good indication because that's a sign that our defence is allowing shots through at him. But our defence will be stepping up this season. So, you know, we don't want to see most saves, really. The only thing yeah. I will say, like, he does have some room for improvement. Um, well, if you remember, we did the stat, like, I did the stats on it by adding his saves plus his goals conceded. And it worked out to be roughly the low 70% his uh, actual save rate. So there's still some room for improvement there. And that's not a negative thing. That is just no. stat. He's, and that's where competition with someone like Jamie Young will be good for him and out and us inherently. Look at exactly. the amount of times he jumped out and stopped crosses from coming in as well. You know, he was very commanding in his, in his it's, area. It's, again, my favourite Scotty, Scotty thing is how he came out and the, the running out from his penalty area and just clearing balls with his head. And that's something you see from... Neuer. So, sorry to get, yeah, back to the European side of things, but that's someone something you see from the top goalkeepers overseas. You see Edison doing it. You see Neuer doing it. You see Allison doing it. You see Tostegan doing it. You don't really see anybody else in the A-League coming out and clear uh, goalkeepers coming out and clearing the ball with their head like that. Okay. He no, needs I, to step up his but game. But the thing up. is, I want to see just, a goal. Like, he did have an amazing season and it was a big highlight for everyone, but... It just is. He's got room to improve, mm. and I hope he get, does that. Is an amazing story. Yeah, it's not a twenty-five or twenty-six. He's younger. He's younger than all of us. That's my point. That's my point. Like it's, 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 it's a great it's, sign that he can still improve, though. Yeah, it's not a bad. We just highlighted. He hasn't that. scored a goal yet. He needs to improve. <laughs> soft, soft. Now I let's move on, guys. This season. Now let's move on, guys. Now yep. Seb Sebastian Pasquale. The former Ajax player, the youth development team, um, we gave him an overall grade of C. What can you tell us about him, Jay? Well, C is a pretty good, I think, accurate rating for him. We didn't see uh, that. Yeah, we really didn't see that much from him this year. Nothing that uh, that stands out for me. I think he played a lot in our youth squad again. I think he was injured a lot of the season. There was injuries too, as there always is with yeah, him. Yeah, if we look at, at at his minutes played, 160. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how he got the C, honestly. Yeah. Um, probably we all love him. We all love him. I love him as a bloke. I think we all kind of went the middle on it just we all, because he was We're a all fan. a big fan and we, we know he had a an issue with an injury that wasn't related to football. It was about a, a growth on his hip, so... Yeah. yeah. He was out most yeah. most of the season and he did try. And I think by the time he came in, he I think he went to NPL to get a few games behind him and one game. Like, one game in NPL, then he was back and I uh, did um, I think we were there that us. game, weren't we? Yeah. yeah. Um very, like um it's a sort of another uh uh Josh Risden scenario where uh injuries uh just didn't really uh, allow us to see heaps from him in the first team squad. Hopefully he can stay fit this year. Hopefully he keeps healthy and hopefully he comes out and really shows his full potential because I think he, the Jake Stringer of the A-League, he's the package, he can do it all. Look, I'm not liking those stats from the games that he did play and looking at it, the only games that we actually got win in, wins in that he did were both against the Jets. So <laughs> if he starts in our FFA Cup game, I'll be happy with that. But... Um, I think Look, in those games he played four minutes combined. Oh, for <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, okay, I missed that part, but yeah, I, I 
yeah, that kind of explains it. Look, I I rated him a lot when he first came because I knew a lot of him when he was younger. I'm starting to go a little bit the other way. And I think he, unfortunately, which I don't want to happen, but I think he's going to be one of those players, especially being so young, having this many injuries early on in his career. I think he's one of those players that's going to slip through the cracks because he's just going to keep getting injured, unfortunately. And I had high hopes for him when he first came. I actually don't have those high hopes for him anymore. Okay. I'm going with the opposite with you. I reckon I reckon if he's going to pull through a full preseason, I reckon he's going to have quite a good year this season. And I think I think we'll see a lot of him you know, more towards defensive role, the CDM type of role, but I reckon we'll see a lot of him this season. Yep. Well, let's leave it there. Stefan Zinni. Now, Ryan, you're, you're covering him. Uh, I seem to get a lot of these type players. So he was a lone player who was in, uh, who was an injury replacement from Avondale in place of Pasquale, funnily enough, um, who was injured. Um, he had previous A-League experience of Melbourne City and Western Sydney Warrant, uh, Wanderers, played six games for both, across both clubs. He didn't get an opportunity to show anything. He just kind of existed. I think I did see him in one of the – I can't remember which game it was. I, I think a few of us went to watch a, one of the reserves matches – it was in the Wanderers preseason was, game at uh, yeah, I think it was Hill, wasn't it, or something? <laughs> preseason game, and he did come on and he showed some really good signs. He had a lot of pace behind him, but besides that, I haven't seen much of him really. So yeah, the the E, e plus is just endemic, like endemic of something we didn't get a lot to see of. But fingers crossed, he can make it back to the A League and be successful. Uh, moving on oh, to no, I'll be back. look, he's got a famous dad too as well. His dad used to play in. Um, Back in the old national levels, back in the oh, not what was it called back in the day? NSL, I, I, NSL, I, NSL. Yeah, I was going to say MPL, and I knew that wasn't right. So, um, look, he's got football in his family, but at the age of twenty-five now, I think not having that experience at the top level, the game might be getting past him just a little bit. I think MPL might be his level. No, there's nothing wrong with that. There's a you can make careers in that, especially the way the second. Definitely, yeah, definitely. But yeah, I think the A League might be just one. One step a bit too high, unless there was something to be like a national second division. He proved himself well and got promoted. That sort of that's the kind of player I do see Stefan Zinni being. I could see him tearing it up in a second division. I don't. I I, I think he's got the potential definitely, but maybe almost definitely not at our club. Maybe if he went to like a Newcastle or something like that. Oh, it's been work out for Stammer. Hasn't worked out yet. He's still pining for a new contract there. So Steve will sticker uh, the man for known for like. Sacrificing goats in Uzbekistan. Uh, <laughs> do we just have we made that up and just run with it? Like, I, no, no. He no, when I, we were on the Crossbar Capers podcast, and he actually told us a story from back when he signed. I forget which club it was, but it was a club in Uzbekistan. And for their preseason, it was s- there, there was a goat sacrificing in preseason. I want to say it was David Carney or someone like that. that had, oh, had no. A very similar. No, actually, yes. Had a similar, had, literally had the goat sacrifice experience and we spoke to. It wasn't Lustiger. He, um, yeah, he had a similar experience that he had over there that was a bit weird, but he said it was nothing compared to David Carney. It wasn't I'm, David Carney, but it was someone like that. Yeah. I think it was David Carney. No, it, 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 it wasn't. No. Yeah. It, there, there's a story guys. there. Go listen, go listen to the first Stephen Lustiger Crossbar Capers episode and you'll find out the whole story because we've been really peddling this thing about goat sacrifices um scott what do you have to say about uh steven lusticker who we gave a c plus to um i honestly don't remember much of him to be honest i he did play quite a few games but yeah 
you're probably worst asking me about this one, to be honest. I don't remember seeing him at all. I definitely remember him having a much better uh, six-month stint when he joined us mid-season through our first season. He was very, he was surprisingly good. Um, scored a couple of goals for us, put a goal away in that 5-4 thriller, yeah. I think. Not, and uh, yeah, 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 it was because yeah. Archie Thompson said, he got the last why one, would you yeah. bring on Lustiger? He's not a goal scorer. And, then he scored and that, was sne- that was sweet. Come on, pretty much. Sanchez was on, wasn't on pretty much. Like he got the game when <laughs> Sanchez was, was suspended. He was a lot. Yeah, which was surprising. He games. I just don't remember him at all. I remember him playing a fair bit, but I don't. Uh, the thing is, yeah, he didn't have the impact that he did last season. I think with a player like Sanchez in midfield and a player like Kone that we had in midfield last season, Lustig has shown more, uh, shone more compared to Kone than he did against Sanchez because Sanchez's quality was higher for the season than Kone's was. You know what my highlight of him was, and I, it was, oh. I think it was the first game of the season, and he dragged a player down, and it was real dirty. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's that's uh, he. Uh, he's a good player. He's still on our books, as per the Crossbar Cavers podcast. Mm-hmm. I am very excited to see what he could do for us if utilized properly. And he's I a solid he's- player, but yeah, he needs to be utilized correctly, and he needs to be shown faith. He needs to get a run of games. He not be playing one game and then coming off the bench the next. He's the type of player who does need a run of games under his belt. Hundred percent. I mean, he probably needs to stick in his one position and yeah. Not go all over the place, so like it, pretty much everyone did last season. So he's a pure centre midfield player. He's not a centre attacking mid. He's not a centre defensive mid. We've got that in Sanchez. We've got the attacking mid in Diamante. We need to have Lustica somewhere in between that because otherwise, if you push him too far forward, he's not going to shine because he's not that great offensively, uh, or like not amazing offensively. And if you push him too far back, he's not amazing defensively. He's kind of that. That I honestly don't him. think we'll see much of him this season. I reckon. Look, I, th- be- I think we'll see a little bit. He's. I think. Did he? Was he at Raw when Aloisi was there? I think he got a bit of a game under Aloisi. Yeah, he was there 2012, 2013. So I nah, think. Oh, uh, yeah, and twenty and twenty fourteen as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he was there under Aloisi. So he's worked with him before. So he knows what he can do. Yeah. No, he just had John Aloisi was one of his managers in the scroll down. Yeah. 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 Yep, so. yep. so they've worked together before and I think, uh, look, he knows how he works and he was an integral part of those Brisbane Raw teams back in the day. So I think it's a bit up in the air with him. I think he can do really well, but he it's quite as likely that he'll have a similar season to this season. I hope not because when he's on, we're on. Moving on, guys. Tommy Uscock and York taking care of this one. And we gave him a B- minus overall. Uscock served as our vice captain and led with the studs out. He managed one red card and eight yellow cards, which caused him to miss another week. A decent player, he was often played out of position and was known for his thuggery, which I'm a fan of. He managed 23 starts and one goal, which was a rip snorter. I am sad to see him go to MacArthur, but he had a, a, a pretty good season with us. And yeah, anyone, anyone got anything else to say about Tomilzok, Scotty? I would have really liked to see him play in position. He he was one of those players, again, like quite a few players were, were thrown all over the place. And you, you can just never get into form, really, when you're getting thrown around like that. Uzcock probably went backwards at yep. that stage. So I want to raise a question here, guys. What do you think Tommy Uzcock's best position is? I would like to see him as a centre-back. 
See, I, I differ. I think his best position is a centre defensive mid. I don't trust him completely at the back, and I like that thuggery that we get when, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, when somebody breaks forward quickly, he's the type of player who will stick his foot in and stop a counter attack. And you don't get that from a centre back. And if you do, sometimes it can lead to a red card because you'll be the last defender. So I see him being. Uh, it, it's yeah, a very similar line. player. I don't know if you guys remember Osama Malik from back in the day. He played for a few different teams. He's the sort of player that could play at centre-back or centre-defensive mid, and I always preferred him at defensive mid as well because they, they're they the same sort of – they're too dirty to play centre-backs and they'll get your team in trouble if they're playing that far back. Whereas you, if you have um, Tommy Uscock in that Jerry Skatardis role that he did in our first season where he caused so much thuggery, that's the position I liked him in. And if MacArthur play him there, I think they'll do better than if they play him at centre-back. I reckon his height is the one bigger reason why I'd rather in centre-back because he is a taller player. He is tall, but that's the I'd thing. I'd rather see him back there for set pieces. So I would say, rather see Amai in yeah. that centre-defensive midfield because that's where Amai can get back and defend and he can also push forward. I reckon Amai is probably better there than because Amai is not. Let's, let, let's big, not get hung up on positions. disagree, but I'll respect your opinion. Yeah, yeah, it's just a height-wise. That's the yeah. that's the main yeah. reason. Uzcock had real good height. I think the reason that he didn't get as much go as a centre mid was because of Victor Sanchez. But let's mm. move on to Victor Sanchez. No, you've missed oh, one, buddy. Sorry, I'm just confused. Oh. <laughs> God, we've been doing this for too long today, guys. Oh God, I'm sorry. These beers hit me fast. So moving on to Tomoki and Mai. Speak it. Good transition there, Scott. He gave an overall grade of A, and we we're all pretty high on because he had an amazing story with his family coming back to Australia, like three quarters way through the season as they were weren't able to come across due to COVID. Liam, what can you tell us? I think I voted him our player of the season. I think. Um, it was definitely down to him and Scotty because they both played fantastically. But, yeah, I'd give it to Tomoki. Um, even if I've said differently in the past, the more I've thought about it, Tomoki. He played He played every minute for it, didn't he? Yes. yes. Every yes. single minute. Solid every time. I can't remember one big mistake that he made. Obviously, He had a couple. He led to a couple of look, goals. Obviously, he wasn't perfect, but there was nothing – Major that made you think, what's yeah. Tamaki doing? What's he real doing? Negative was he was responsible. If you're going to say the word negative, he was responsible for both the Brisbane Raw goals in that late loss. Okay, okay, that was that was it. That were, that were the only two times where you could really yeah. say he was directly responsible. Okay, yeah, but I, look, apart from that, he he was excellent. He, he was our shining light. He, he and he got moved around too. He didn't get played at centre defensive mid as much, but he got played on the right. And I always thought. Tomoki Mai, straight out, centre back. Even when he was on the right, he did fantastically there. You saw him get forward and at least try and try, uh, try and make runs. I think he still might have picked up an assist. He got a goal for this season too, his first goal for us, which was amazing. You could tell how ecstatic he was. And he's an amazing guy too. And he loves being in Australia. He loves the club. He loves the fans. He's uh, He was the heartbeat of our club this season. Defensively, he was amazing. A uh, big fan. I've got one thing to say. I did think, look, I love Amai. He did get very sloppy towards a certain stage throughout the season. He was overplayed, and I think he was getting ex- tired. He's getting a bit sloppy towards the end. I think then we will shut down due to COVID. Two weeks off, he come back fantastic. Sometimes, if he's, uh, I think if he's, he needs a bit of a break at times because to, to me, he really showed signs of tiredness. I think a lot of that too was our over reliance on him. 
I have to say from yeah. my perspective, I probably, and I've, I've said it before on the pod, I probably judged him a little too harshly during the season, but having reflected back and looked at everything he's done and watched his highlights again, he was actually, like Leb said, our shining light of the season. Mm. That wasn't he deserved right, the player of the year award with the club. He absolutely earned it. Mm. Um, I'd like to say, yeah, 100% played out of position. I think he's the uh, second, like your second up centre-back, so not your tall one, but your fast, pacey one that really puts yeah. on pressure. He's not a tall, like a tall classic central defender. He did screw up a few times. A lot of the times it's really not on him. He's like... He got tired at some stage. And yeah. that was, he, we rely on him so much. You can only do so much. He was our major central defender as well as Uzcock. So ultimately, that's not your first... They wouldn't be a first choice centre-backs, if you know what I mean. They wouldn't be your... He, he would if we were versing a team like Raw last season where they were fast. That's that's where he would be better off as a as centre-back because he could keep up with the fast-paced attackers. But other than that, I would like to see him at centre-defence, sort of that role where I reckon he would absolutely kill it because he can go back and defend and he can push forward and he's Let's, got that unique touch. I think he has uh, to be a full-blown centre-back. Yeah, look, I disagree, yeah. Scott. I understand you're thinking, but... Yeah, look, we agree, to, high agree high. to disagree. I think the same I about think, it was Cox. So. I think Scott's. I think you're right in the sense that he can push up. It's just you don't want him to. You want him to be your out and out defender because you don't want him. Cre- he can do a job, line. but he's not that creative. But you don't want to sit. You don't want him sitting in the back line where we're just expected to to cop non-stop attack. You want him pushing forward because you want the ball forward a lot more than you do at the back. But he was, you get where I go, I'm going? I want yeah. to see more attacking football and I would like to see Amai sitting around the halfway line, stopping whatever's happening and putting the ball forward more. But that's tactics. That's the thing. If yeah. we played an attacking yeah. formation, our centre-backs would be hanging around the, the mid midway yeah. line anyway. You look at how teams overseas play and even how the better teams in this country play, and that's usually where the centre-backs are sitting. So if we were playing a more attacking formation, he would be in that position Anyway, yeah, it's really hard to judge because Kelsey, what do you want to say? Speaking of that actual position, let's segue into the person that has that kind of position. Victor Sanchez. Now, we gave an overall score of B plus and was amazing this season, in my opinion. Jay, what do you got to say? Victor Sanchez, baby. Really, really, really solid. I think our most tackles, I think he was definitely top five for most uh, tackles in the league. He might have been right up there. He might have even been number one. I'm not sure, but he was, know, he was definitely up right up there. If you could, Jamie, pull that up. Um, um, just if you guys want to open your A League Live app. Oh, yes, no, he's in there, but I've lost my phone. <laughs> I have oh, found it. Scored a couple of crucial goals. I think we'll all think back to that uh, extra time winner against the Vuck. Wasn't a spectacular goal, but it was just one of those. Like, you just don't forced need it a in. spectacular he goal at willed, that point of the game. Any goal's a goal. He it's, just willed oh. it in, though. Like, he just was there. He took his chances. Um, he was composed. Yeah, it would have been nice to see a bit more create creatively out of him, like a mm. few nicer passes. But ultimately, I think he did his job relatively well. I think he was also um, left-stranded a, a a bit of the time, um, didn't really link up with Dimmer as much as we'd hoped. Mm. Um, I think very similar to like you wanted sort of that international connection between, you know, Dimmer, Iker and Sanchez. I think we're all sort of hoping for that. Iker's gone now, but hopefully we can still have uh, Sanchez and Dimmer link up a little bit more this year. And hopefully we do make a couple more of those signings, hopefully a top or 
is solid at the back and really allows Victor mm. to uh, not be as defensively minded. Be still a defensive minded midfielder, but allow him to be a bit more expressive with the way he plays his balls forward. Where he can sit there and focus more on attacking, not have to worry about the defence like he did pretty much all season. But again, that's formation. Like yeah. the, the players are only their tools. And that's what's going to be fantastic to see a, a whole new, even new though we've got a lot of the same players, we're going to be a whole new side. Hopefully, Al- Aloisi brings in more attacking football and we see a whole different game plan and, you know, exciting football. Yeah. That's now, what everyone wants. Kelsey, do you have anything to say about Sanchez? Oh, I just thought he was a very solid player throughout the whole season. Didn't really have too many real low levels. No. Nah. And, yeah, I think we'll all just, yeah, remember the victory game. Yeah, that was solid. Uh, back to the tackles, he was number two for the season. Devlin way out in front with 89. Number two was Sanchez with 75. Didn't realise Devlin had that many tackles. That's a that's a good season by him. He's a good Aussie player, though, He's man. quality. Like, He's quality. But, yeah, didn't realise he was top. Now, that concludes the player portion. Now, let's go to our former coach. Now, we gave him an overall grade of D-plus to Mark Rodan. What do you have to say, Kelsey? Look, the high points for him were the game versus Perth, even though we conceded four, it was still just a banger of a game. The last-minute Melbourne victory game and the Melbourne City win, I think they were the high points of the season overall for him for the club. And then the low points, if you could scroll down for me, because I can't remember <laughs> what I wrote weeks ago. Okay, the, the low points would obviously be the last nine games where we went zero wins, one draw and eight losses with three goals for and 23 goals against. There was a 5-0 loss to Western Sydney Wanderers in there, a 6-1 loss to Victoria, uh, to the victory being particular low points. Um, whilst his style of play can be exciting, it's, he seemed he was too ingrained in sticking with the same players and the same formation, like there was no plan B or backup option. Um, you know, I'm not usually a fan of just sucking managers at the first sign of failure, but it was clear that a refresh was required by the end of the season. Agreed. I honestly think uh, he would still be at the club if it wasn't for that victory loss. If he finished the season with a win, even, um, he's still at the club. But when you're getting smashed 6-0 by a subpar victory team that, you know, had sort of been – they had had a slight up in form and obviously we were way down. But there is no way you should lose to anyone 6-0, let That's alone the victory. worst game in club history. Easy. Yep. Look, I, I'm a look. I, I really like Rudin as a person and as the first season went, but it come. You know, I started going backwards on that thoughts towards you know mid season when he didn't change the tactics, he didn't change the formations, he didn't change the players. Like he, I understand Bruce is a legend of the the league and all that, but it, there was a time that maybe a few games off might have helped him give someone else a. Yeah, some a bit of a different change, and he never took that change. He just kept putting the same team out, the same positions, the same three at the back. If he changed, you know, I would have rather he stayed, but he didn't change, and it turned me off. Look, overall, like, you know, I I do want to thank you for like helping to establish the club and being our inaugural manager and trying to help us develop an identity. It's just at times he was too ingrained in it. Mm. I think with certain players he was too hard on and with other players he was way too soft on. It was, yeah. it was I don't think it was a, uh, yeah, it, there was favoritism there. I don't think it was a fair run to everyone around the board. And you look, players like Bess and Dia had control over him. 
whereas he had complete control over players like, and you saw that we lost in the early seasons, Scott McDonald, Connor Chapman, those sorts of ones, and somebody like Max Burgess put his foot down there but wouldn't put his foot down to have Bess on the bench for a couple of games in a row. So there was that. I don't know whether it was that fear from those sorts of players and their personalities because obviously Max Burgess seems on the outside a more placid guy than Bessart Barisha does. You'd probably want to go up in a fight against him first. But, um, yeah, it seemed like, yeah, little don't know if it was as much favouritism, but, yeah, there was different players were being treated differently. 100% agree. I I think he got strung up in tactics too often as opposed to man management, which mm. I think was his shortcoming. And again, I think he was a like he was a great way to build the club. Our first season was really good. Making when we semis. started going, oh, sorry, when we started going backwards, it should have been the moment he should just sit there, take the players back, and and start from start from scratch. Yeah, return it's a brand new club, try and 100%. reboost everything going, rather than pushing everyone while they're on the down. Um, the other thing too was though whenever I did like we did get a chance to speak to him, he was very good at like speaking to us and forthcoming and really engaging with us. He didn't try and pop us off or anything like that. No, nah, he was not, a, he was a good person and he was a good look. He was I'll always person. have look. I'll always have respect for Rudes. I'll always like the guy, and if he gets another gig at another A League club, I hope he does well. But I think it was time to move on. Yeah, the refresh. I saw him if I saw him, and that's the thing. I. I'd tell him that to his face as well. I'd say, I'm I'm thankful for what you've done. You'll go down as a legend for our club because you're our first coach ever. That's going to go down in history. Uh, first season was amazing. Second season was, wasn't as good, but you you always gave the fans time. You, Even though, yeah, they might have been a bit on the inside, it seemed like most, for the most part, the players still liked you. It just wasn't working out and we needed to have a part and wish him all the best in the future and um, going to love him. I'd love to see what he says about us pre-game on Paramount 10. Well said. Now, guys, just on that note, what I'm really going to miss is him calling our goalkeeper a C-word. <laughs> oh, we've heard John Aloisi use a few words though in his time. So, so Aloisi, so, you're put you're put on notice. So I want to calling, hear abuse. So you're going to miss him calling uh, Ryan Scott a Maxi Burgess? Is that what he's yeah, saying? Pretty much. <laughs> um, now I'm going to go to each of you with and can you just give me a short like a short sentence on what you thought of the season, Jay? Disappointing. Uh, we had a. Not bright start, but there was definitely a lot of potential that sort of fizzled out. Uh, so, yeah, disappointing if I could pick a word. Uh, but if I could pick a word for this season, potential. Um, Mine, I'll, I'll go next because mine's very similar. My phrase is wasted potential. But that can just turn into potential for the upcoming season. So it's very similar to Jay's. It was just, it was a, a, a shocking, not a shocking season. It was towards the end. There was a lot of promise earlier on, but wasted potential and look, yeah, probably tiredness. Start of the season, fantastic. Everything was looking positive, good signings. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. Yeah. No change throughout the season. Disappointed. Yeah. Kelsey. I'll say overall the season fell flat. But we rebound. Very good. I will say I had youthful optimism. That is, I have optimism towards our youth. They were the shining lights for us and our development. 
that's the season that was. I'm so keyed up for season three, which will start very soon. We're going to have a bunch of interviews. It's going to be really fun. Lots of interviews coming on the way too about certain things. So Thank you for listening to All Out West. It's been a fun season. Not the results we wanted, but good. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and all that jazz. Thank you to all of well, our fans. We've we've gotten a lot more viewings this season, and we appreciate all you listening to us. And if it wasn't for people listening to us, um, well, we do still do it anyway. But it's yeah, just- we do it anyway. But we we really appreciate because there is a little bit of work that goes into it. Congratulations to all of us. Congratulations to the club, and congratulations to all the fans that keep supporting us and keep supporting the club. And yeah, just want the West to grow. Thank you, Jay, Leb, Scott, and Kelsey for another fun season. All West, aren't we? All West, aren't we, guys? See you next season. Woo!